Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Well, if, if it hadn't started off so good, listen, you got, a, you got the whole rest of the year to make up for it. And I'm going to give you some things today that will help you have a better year. Amen. I really believe that God has given us the ability to rise above the things that trouble us, to, to face every challenge head on and to overcome, because that's what He's put in you, the ability. He's given you an overcoming spirit. That's the advantage that you have. And today we're going to look into that. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 John chapter 5. And I want to challenge you. I was talking to the earlier service this morning, and I want to challenge you today to take a real inventory of your life, especially concerning your walk of faith. And you've got to stay on top of that. That's something that we all have to be vigilant to stay in is the atmosphere of belief. Because it's in that atmosphere that anything is possible. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, Jesus is saying this to a man who is in a very desperate situation. He's talking to a father whose son has a sickness that he cannot do anything about. He's been having these seizures, and he told Jesus that he often throws him into the fire and into the water. And he says, if you can do anything, help us. Now, this is the desperate cry of a father. But Jesus takes this moment, even in that desperation, even that desperate moment, to teach this man, desperation isn't the key. Faith is the key that opens the door to the possibility. If you can believe, the pressure's not on me. Believe me, buddy, I can do it. Pressure's not in my ability. It's can you believe? And if you can believe, you unlock the door to whatever's possible. And so I want to encourage you this year to think in that way all the time of the possibility. Keep your mind in that positive mode so that your life will go in that positive way. Not just your mind, but what is coming out of your mouth. James, James clues us into a very important thing that you're, I'm going to paraphrase it by just saying this, your life is going in the direction of your tongue. Right? So if you don't like where you are right now, Change what you're talking about. Change the way you talk. And the Bible says that that tongue is like a big, a, a, a big ship. It's like the little rudder on the big ship, and it changes the whole course of that ship, that little thing. Your little tongue in your mouth can get you in trouble, or it can take you into victory. All right? So let's keep our lives going forward. And the way you do that is to get the Word of God in your mouth, declare it over your life, declare it into your situation, so that you can see the realities of these promises that God has given you. Because the truth is, all of His promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The answer concerning God's promise is always yes. You don't have to question that. You don't have to question if it's the will of God that you be in health. Because it is the will of God that you be in health. That's why Jesus took stripes on His back. Amen. To ensure that healing was yours. He became poor so that you can become rich. It is God's will. Yes. I got two amens, and everybody else was like, 
choking on that. Listen, hey, yeah, you choke on it or you believe it. But I have to, I have to continue to check myself, especially as your pastor, of my belief system. Because it's real easy to find myself doubting more than I do believing. You know, you can check yourself when someone tells you about something that happened, maybe a miracle that happened. You can check your faith temperature at that moment. Whether your first response in your mind is, oh, I don't know about that. There's got to be an explanation. All right? Or you can just be a believer. See, this is... Jesus said, signs and wonders follow believers. So when the signs and wonders happen, why do we doubt? Amen. Amen. These things follow our lives. And in Luke chapter 15, I was talking to the other service about this too. We'll get to 1 John 5. I haven't forgot. Don't worry. Chill out. You're thinking, oh man, he's, uh, he's going off on another trail right now. That's okay. I'll bring this back around. Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives these three parables about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And after he talks about the lost sheep, he said, "It is uh, heaven rejoices over, more over, one sinner that repents than 99 just persons who don't need to repent. Now, let me just let you know who a just person is, those who believe in Jesus. Any just persons in the room today? All right. So, so Jesus, heaven rejoices over a sinner coming to, to God more so than you living right. See, it's not supposed to be so spectacular for you to live right. It's in your nature. See, you've been born all over again. You've been a partaker of God's divine nature. So don't sit there and pat yourself on the back just because you made it through a day without sinning. Woo! Whoa! Go me! No, no. Listen, that's not what heaven's rejoicing over. Heaven expects you to live right. Heaven expects you. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. But it, it doesn't expect, what, it, what, what, what gets the party going is when the sinner goes against his nature and turns to God. Hallelujah. See, this is what you ought to be emphasizing. This is what you ought to be, what heaven is emphasizing. This is what you ought to be rejoicing over. What heaven is rejoicing over. Hallelujah. Get more excited about people coming into the kingdom of God than how great your Christianity is. And you will have great Christianity, by the way. Hallelujah. Now. I want to just talk to you this morning about overcoming. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. I love this verse of Scripture. It says, For whatever is born of God. Anyone born of God in here? Then this includes you. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment before we go any further and let us see this thing. Let it just set in with your life. This is God's declaration for whoever is born of God. This is God's declaration over us, is that we overcome the world. We're not to be overcome by the world, we overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Are you ready? Our faith. This is the victory. Faith is not a vehicle that drives you to victory. Faith is the victory. It's not that which takes you there. It's already there. It is the there. It is the victory. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? Now, I'm going to give you some, some good, simple things this morning, but maybe some new things as well. So how do we overcome? Well, we overcome 
through this marvelous thing called faith. See, God has put us in such a position that we can't lose if we'll just use what He's given us to use. So you're already right now seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's a, that's a right now reality for the believer. There is no higher position for you. There's no higher place. You are already at the top right now. Well, someday in the sweet by and by. No, you're already there, brother and sister. You're already there. In the spirit, this, this body's just going to show up there someday. But in the spirit, you're there. You're already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Well, why didn't he include physical blessings, Pastor Eric? Hey, listen to me. Everything started in the spirit. That which we see came out of that which we don't see. So if you're blessed with every spiritual blessing, then it stands the reason you're blessed with every physical blessing too. That's where it starts. Hallelujah. So that's where you are. That's who you are. That's what you have. So God has placed you in such a way to win. He always leads us in triumph. He always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the victory, our faith. So, now there are a lot of wonderful things in the Scripture, but I want us to notice for a moment that he did not say that you overcome the world through wisdom, although wisdom is very important. It's very good. As a matter of fact, it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all you're getting, he says in Proverbs, get wisdom. We know it's important. The knowledge of God's important. But notice it didn't say that knowledge is what caused you to overcome the world. Love isn't what caused you to overcome the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, we have to understand the importance that God puts on this thing called faith so that we'll keep it important in our lives. Amen. Now, go to Galatians chapter 2. I want to give you a few scriptures, and you might write these things down. I did not get these to you version this morning. I do apologize for that. But um, uh, you can, if you can, just jot some of these things down. Verse 20, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. Because there, there, is, there is some teaching that out there, and I've heard it all my life, that you have to crucify your flesh every day. But I'm already crucified. See, that's the thing. It, it, because the problem with that kind of teaching is it keeps you focused on your flesh. It keeps you focused on sin. And as far as God's concerned, the sin's dealt with. That's done. Let's focus on who you are in Christ. Who He is in you. What you've become today. Paul said, now think about it. I am crucified with Christ. And I can imagine Luke Riding along saying, you mean, you, mean, you mean, Paul, that you will be or you are being? No, he said, no, no, no. Right? I am crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. This speaks to us of the uh, substitution and identification. That is, that there was no escape from sin as far as we were concerned. God pronounced a judgment over sin, and the, and the judgment was death. The judgment was separation from God. That was the judgment. As a matter of fact, it says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But praise God, he didn't just leave that news to us. He pronounced that judgment, and praise God, he took that judgment on himself as your substitution at that cross. And so by that substitution, that's where you identify 2,000 years ago. Not trying to crucify your flesh today, but you did it then, and you are in Christ now. Now look what he says. 
So Jesus came and was one with us. I love this. He became one with us as we were so that we could be one with him as he is. And the scripture teaches us in 1 John 4, 17, in this, the love of God has been perfected in us. Love has been perfected in us, right? Yes, among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we, where? In this one. Now, I would think it would make more sense as he is, so I'm going to be in heaven. But it makes sure to tell us as he is, so are we, Right now, in this world. Anybody in the world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're here. In this world, as he is, how is he? Well, he's ruling and he's reigning. He's in a seated position of authority. Hallelujah. His name is above every name. All power and all authority has been given unto him. And ladies and gentlemen... It flows through his body, called the church of the living God in this world. See, that's why you can be confident in that, because you're not confident in you, you're confident in him in you. I have been crucified with Christ. Listen to what he says. It is no longer I who live. So what he's saying is I'm identifying with something else. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, where? In the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, jump over to 1 Corinthians 13. This is a great chapter, and a lot of people uh, know this chapter, especially from verses 4 through 8 or so, where it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love boasts does not boast itself, is not, does not seek its own, is not unseemly, thinks no evil, bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things, endures all things, love never fails. But verse 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood how, as a child, I thought, but when I became a man, I didn't act like a kid anymore. I put those things away. I'm not what I once was. I used to be goofy and silly and immature. I used to, th- I used to think that church, could, I could take or leave it, but I've grown up. And I realized that my life, the success of my life is dependent upon my p- being planted in the house of God. I used to think that tithing was an option. I used to think that once in a while it was okay to give to the kingdom of God. But now I understand that I am closely connected to God through my giving, and it opens up my life to His continual provision in my life. I used to think like a kid. I don't think like that anymore. I grew up. I used to think the preacher was always after money. I don't think like that anymore. I grew up. I used to think there's too many hypocrites in church. But then I showed up and found out there was room for one more. (laughs) Now, of all the things the Bible talks about, it it narrows it down to these three things. In verse 13, listen to this. And now abides faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these, ladies and gentlemen, without question, is love because God is love. And the truth is, 
This place that we read about in the Scriptures and this place that we talk about and this place that we sing about called heaven, thank God. This glorious city where the streets are made of gold. And there's going to be a day when you are literally walking on those streets. The people that we've read about, our heroes in the Bible, we're going to come face to face with guys like Abraham and David. They're real. Solomon, Samson. Hmm? David, oh my. Jesus. Paul. I mean, they're all there. And when you're there, you don't have to hope. Because you're living in that moment. Everything that you ever hoped for. And it's there that you're not going to have to walk by faith because you're going to see Him as He is. But forever and ever, through the ages of eternity, we will all continue to experience the unconditional love of God. That's why love is the greatest of these things. And these these three things, faith, hope, and love, all work together. They're all so intertwined in such a way that it's really hard to tell them apart when they're all working. And they're all given to us, these ingredients, to help us live our life at its optimum. He narrows it down to these three things. There are a lot of great things the Bible talks about. Your marriage, your kids, job, your health, all those kinds of things. But he says these are the big ones. Everybody say it. Faith, hope, and love. So they're all, they work together like when you're making a cake. And when you have the ingredients of the cake out on that counter, my, ki- my girls, especially Laurel, she loves baking. She's always wanting to bake something. And I like that because I, I just get to be on the receiving end of that. But, you know, they're growing up and they're, they're becoming ladies and they're learning how to be wives. And they're, so they're learning what it looks like. What, and, and part of that is baking and cooking. And uh, some of you here probably don't cook, but, you know. So, your husband does the cook. I have some. Yeah, I have a friend that the husband does all the cooking. There's nothing wrong with that. For him, good for him. But as for me in my house, <laughs> but you got these ingredients out on the counter: eggs, oil, flour, sugar. What else? Sure, I'll take your word for it. But you got all these things on the counter, and, and they all stand individually. But at one point, you have to put all those things together in that bowl and begin to stir them around. And once you do, then there's no way you can separate those things again. Right? All those ingredients in one thing, on one bowl, make for a cake. Faith, hope, and love work together to make for the optimum life lived by the Christian. All right? Now, you can separate those things by studying them out. But when you put them into practice, they all influence one another. The Bible says actually faith works by love. And it impacts your hope, which impacts your love, which impacts your faith, and they just continually work together. When you're, we're going to look, that's, but today we're specifically looking at this one ingredient called faith. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Is, are, you, are you with me out there? Are you okay? All right. For we walk by faith not by sight. So we see that walking by faith and walking by sight then are two different things. And they're not in harmony with each other. 
just like that flesh and the spirit are not in harmony with one another. Colossians says that you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. So you were in a kingdom of darkness and God moved you into another kingdom. You lived in that darkness and in that darkness you lived by what you saw. You lived by what you smelled, what you tasted, touched, what you heard, by these senses. And the world you live in, ladies and gentlemen, is governed by these senses. It's called sense knowledge. You learn everything you know by your senses. And there's, there's really nothing wrong with that, but when you become a child of God, then you belong to a new kingdom. And your manner of life is now governed by this thing called faith. That's what the word walk by faith, walk means manner of life. Your manner of life is now governed by faith, not sight, faith. Everybody shout faith with me. Faith. Now, now, we're not talking about a, just a moment of faith. We're talking about a life of faith. We walk by faith, not just a series of moments. It is a lifestyle. We, we, we go from faith to faith. That, that is, in uh, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I love that. The gospel is the power, right? The gospel is the power, not, 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 not the, the right thing for me to say or, or not, not even necessarily my witness. The gospel is the power. The gospel is Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. And in that message, in that gospel right there, is the power to save men. I love that. The gospel. That's why you don't have to have pressure on you to get people saved. The gospel saves. It's just your job to tell them. To just present the gospel. Give them the message. All right? And, And understand that the pressure's on it to do the saving, not on you. I love that. This will help you be a good witness. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Where was I? It is the power of God and salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the right, that is in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So it's from faith, that is faith at that moment of salvation, faith for salvation, to faith to live by all right? So how you got in, as you there have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How did you receive Him? By faith. So how do you walk in Him? By faith. All right? Are you with me? This is our life. Every area of your life then is to be impacted by your faith in God. Your marriage, how you raise your kids, how you perform on the job, your money, your relationships, your attitude. It is your manner of life. God has lifted us up to a, this way of life. So this way, you're no longer ruled by what you see when you're walking by faith. Yes, what we see absolutely does affect us in some measure. But what, uh, now that you're leave, living in the kingdom of God, there's no other way to live. See, you see what you see, but it doesn't make you who you are. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment and just let you know that confuses me. While we don't look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Well, how in the world am I supposed to see something I can't see and not see what I can see? 
For the things which are seen are subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So the second half of the verse doesn't really tell us what the first part means. It just shows us its impact. While we look not at the things. Obviously, God is talking to us then about looking or not looking at a realm bigger than what we see. Different from the natural world in which we are living. You all realize that there are realms, right? And this realm that this is speaking of is the realm of the Spirit. Though we see with these physical eyes, we also see with our spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. So, because you now live in the kingdom of God, you now have the ability to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't see what you see. You just now have the ability to say, it's not the final authority in my life. I look into my financial situation, but it's not the final authority in my life. Amen. I look, I look at, I, I mean, though I might feel these symptoms in my body, but it's, thank you, it's not the final authority in my life. I look into my home, I look and see how that situation is, but guess what? I'm not governed by that. I'm governed by a greater thing, a greater understanding A message that has come to my ears that has told me He has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called me by glory and virtue. That's the kind of message that I cling to. The authority in my life says, though these symptoms are here, but by His stripes I am healed and I will stand on that truth over whatever doctor says, whatever my body's telling me, I don't care. Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. I, uh, we, Heather and I, we've put this to the test many years. You know, the, the Word of God does teach us, God tells us in one place to test Him, and that is in tithing. I believe in tithing. I just got over the argument a long time ago when I started receiving the benefits of it. I realized, oh wait, there is something to this. There is something to this. There really is. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you something I haven't experienced for myself. I mean, I wouldn't be standing up and telling you this if I, if I hadn't really understood and lived this thing in my life. I'm not here to help tell you to put your life in jeopardy. I'm here to set you free. And what that has done for Heather and I, I mean, years ago, we, we came into some financial strain where, you know, the money was running out before the month. And we were, we were regular givers. And, and the temptation was, and as is with all of us from time to time, to start the cutting at the giving before anywhere else. Amen. Amen. But when you walk by faith, you see things different. If you're not governed by these senses, then the Word of God will make sense to you. And when I, I look into that scripture and it said, test me and see if I won't open for you the windows of heaven. See if, see if, just try it. I said, okay, Lord, then we're going to up our giving in this moment of need. Now, faith, that makes sense. To the senses, that's stupid. And my senses were telling me I was stupid. But in my heart, I felt I knew it was right. And this inner, it was, this inner man was talking to me. Confirming, yeah. So we thought, okay, Heather and I were 
in agreement about this. $500 extra a month would sure be nice. So why don't we tithe like we're making $500 extra dollars a month? And so we did. And that was a stretch for us to add that extra $50 in our But we just put, Lord, you said this. It was simple. Lord, you said, test me in this. Okay, we're putting you to the test. Some time went by. A few months. My employer calls me in his office. It was at a church. He says, um, been here for some time now. He said, I want to give you a raise. I didn't tell him about this. This was between me and my wife. Can you guess what the raise was? $500 a month. As a matter of fact, it didn't even dawn on me. I thought, oh, thank God. And I walked out and got walked. I remember walking right out of his office into the hallway and I heard God say, see? Yeah, I do see. But I wouldn't have seen if I had just been going by these eyes. Saw it in the spirit, and then God showed it to me in the natural. Mm, now listen, you have this thing called faith in God, and it is such an advantage in this world. Don't be fooled, though. It doesn't work according to this world's standards or its procedures. Got to remember that we walk by faith, not by sight. We have. I was talking to the Wednesday night service about this. We have American embassies all over the country. Anybody here world, a world traveler, gone overseas and things like that? Yes, this man has in the Navy. Um, well, virtually in every country, we have an American embassy there. And, and that American embassy, thank God for those American embassies if you are in need of it. And there are times if you ever find yourself in trouble in a foreign land, get to the embassy as quickly as you can. Because the rules of America apply to you once you get through that gate or through those doors. You're in America. It's a little America a long way from home. I love that. Now, in the kingdom of God, when you're walking by faith, see, the Bible says that now Christ lives in you, and you are an emissary of that kingdom, so that wherever you go, you are a little bit of the kingdom of God or a little bit of heaven a long way from home. And so then you can expect, and the way that you receive those heavenly benefits are by walking by faith. Because you're not governed by this, you're governed by Him and His kingdom. And the Word of God says it's your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not holding it back from anyone. But the problem is, just not too many are going after it. Not, not too many are cashing in on the benefits by faith. I've talked to you about this before, the little lady with the issue of blood who was, had spent all of her money. She spent all of her money. Here she was, she, 12 years in this, in this horrific condition. Now, you have to understand the times and the place that this, this was. She was in a continual menstrual cycle for 12 years. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the poor husband? <laughs> but, <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that. But in that, what, what, it, what it must have been like, because she couldn't go to the temple and worship. She couldn't mingle in society because she was deemed by the law as unclean. So here she was, an outcast for all these years. She spent all of her money on doctors. She's done everything that she can. The medical profession could do nothing for her. They raised their hands and say, can't do anything for you, but thanks for all the money. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Talk about people taking your money. <laughs> Took the money. So now, not only is she in this terrible condition, the Bible says she spent all that she had on doctors and rather grew worse. So now, yeah, she got worse. She got sicker and she got broke. And now she has nothing. What possible reason would she have to get up out of bed in the morning just to be mocked and scorned? No hope. The people that are supposed to be able to help her can't do anything for her. Why even leave the house? 
wish for death. That's all you got. And apparently, she kind of came to that place in her life as she risked everything to get to that man named Jesus. Not supposed to be anywhere near that crowd, but yet, what does she have to lose? But when she heard, listen to this, this is, the, this, is the, what, this is what hearing about Jesus does. This is what the gospel does. When she heard, faith came to her. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When she heard about Jesus, this healer, she, she believed. And she showed her belief by saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. I don't have to hug him. I don't need him to lay his hands on me. I just need just the very bottom of his robe. That's all I need. Because if there's healing in him, there's healing in that robe too. I'll take whatever I can get. And and that's where her faith was. She said, because faith is believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. See, faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. Now, let's set the scenario up. Here's Jesus. I need all of you on the front row to come up here right now. All you young people. Aren't they good looking? By the way, Pastor Jonna had 53 youth Thursday night. Is that rocking or what? Yeah. Thrive. Student Ministries is thriving. All right. Now, I want you all to just gather around me. Just kind of just encircle me, all right? Now, this is a very small representation of what Jesus was going through. As he's walking, as he's walking, the crowd is thronging him. <laughs> cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. Okay, you're desperate. You need help, all right? They're crying out. They need help. There are people there that are hurting. There are people there that are in need. But Jesus continues to, you guys don't give up on me now. Come on. They need, they need something from him. That's why they're there. That's why they're thronging him. That's why they've gathered around him. And the Bible says it was a multitude of people. It was a large crowd. And Jesus is continuing to walk through. Tears are being shed. They're crying. Can't you see my baby's sick? Can't you help me right now? But Jesus continues to walk. And all along the way, there's a little lady who is fighting for her life pressing through this crowd, and she breaks through there and just, 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 just reaches and touches the hem of, of his garment, her target of faith, and Jesus went, Erp. he said, who's touching me? The disciples said, <clears throat> wrong question. No Who's not touching you? That's probably a more accurate question, Jesus. Everybody, everybody is touching you. You say, who's touching me? No, 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 no. No, I hear all this. I hear all these people coming to me because they need something. And they think that if they cry and if they bawl and if they scream, if they get desperate enough, see, they think, as a man thinks in his heart, there's a way that seems right to a man but it's not right. Somebody met me on my terms. Somebody believed. 
And he stops everything for this moment to honor this woman who simply acted out in faith. Desperate people in that crowd, hurting people in that crowd, needy people in that crowd. One was believing in that crowd. Now, I want to tell you something about the life of faith. It ain't popular. People have a lot of ideas of how they're going to get their miracle, how they're going to get God's attention. But Jesus shows us right here, there's only one way. And faith is like, is to God like candy is to a kid. He can't resist it. He can't resist it. And he turns to her and he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Everybody learned something here? All right, you may be seated. God bless you. So, now, I'm a little tempted to correct Jesus here. Right? There were times when he said that, your faith has made you whole. Uh, no, 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 you're him. Made me whole. Because I said, or Jesus even touched people and said, your faith has made you whole. No, you touched me, Jesus. That's what made me whole. No. No, your faith in me is what made you whole. This is so good. I'm going to go back to the beginning. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So that's why it's so important. For this coming year, ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you to reach out in faith more than you ever have before. And I'm not saying that that doesn't include tears. And I'm not saying you're not desperate and need. I'm not here to, to, to rain on your trouble here. Some of you are in some real trouble here. But I want to help you get out of that trouble. Help you see that the trouble is temporary, subject to change. That's the weakness of the trouble in your life. It's temporary. But we look at the things that are eternal. Hmm. If it's your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, then get the kingdom. And get it. Get it. You're here today and you've got some problems in your body, fighting certain illnesses and pain and sickness, don't cope with that. Don't cope. With, you don't have to cope with that. <laughs> Heather and I were watching a comedian last night, and he was talking about growing older. <laughs> he said, he said I, found, I learned something as I get older. And he said that uh, pain doesn't go away like it used to. So he's walking along and says, oh, my hip, I guess I'll learn to deal with, with that for the rest of my life. But that's the mentality a lot, that you don't have to just deal with stuff. Medication is not the answer all. I'm not against medication. I think if if you've got it, take it. I'm not against it. I don't preach against medication. It's one more way for us to receive our healing, but sometimes it's doing more damage than it is good. You watch these commercials today and you go, I don't know if I want to experience any of that as my side effect in order to get better in this area. Sometimes it's, it's amazing. They'll just be right out honest with you. could be fatal. Are you crazy? Are you really going to take that? But before, I want to just encourage you, before you reach there, reach up to Him, right? So that your faith is continuing. This is how you stay vigilant in your faith, that you continue to look to Him first thing. God's the first bit of counsel you get. 
the scriptures are the first place you go for your answer. Not to everybody first and then go, okay, God, I'll give you a shot now. Right? No, our faith in God is a lifestyle. We're always in communication with Him. We trust in, cling to, rely on Him. Are you with me? Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, thank you, God, for this time in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word, that in your word is all the power we need for our life. Your promises are there, God. You've given us all these things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. You showed us what your purpose was to do. You said the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for that reality. Thank you for that truth. And Lord, I pray for these here today who are not experiencing that abundant living in their lives, whether it is in their bodies, whether it is in their marriage, whether it is in their relationship, whether it is in their finances, Lord, whatever it might be. Father, I thank you that you have abundant living in that area of life in every way. And I pray, God, that your people will just be bold enough to simply believe God, to take you at your word, to meet you on your terms, to believe, so that their lives are continually opened up to the possibility. Help us, God, to guard our hearts against cynicism and doubt and questioning and, and wishful thinking, but Father God, to understand that the sure victory in our life is a life lived in faith. The overcoming lifestyle is known in faith. The fight that we fight is the fight of faith. And while we don't look at the things which are seen, that is, we give them no authority to govern our lives. We submit to your word. We submit to your promise, to your will for our lives. Father God, not just so we can have such a great life, but we can truly be an expression for others of what the kingdom of God, living in the kingdom of God looks like. The glory that is in it. Bless your people, Father. I pray for those who have come today that are desperate, that are hurting. God, that they would leave here with renewed and refound hope. Those, God, who are, need direction today, need clarity for their lives, that you would meet them where they are. Help them understand that when they acknowledge you in all their ways, you will direct their paths. Those that need healing today, you are the great healer. You are the great physician. Touch lives today. Change situations. Thank you that you move on their behalf by your incredible spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's stand together. And I want to encourage you, when I was saying being vigilant about it, find some promises in the scriptures for your life. They're all over. Start over in the book of Romans. Start searching these things out, looking for promises in your life. And then speak those things, declare those things over you. Don't just say, when you see it in the Word of God and you see that you're not, your life's not measuring up, don't be satisfied with where you're at. Say, I want that. I want what He has for me. Can I get a witness in here today? All right. Now, tonight we're going to have a great time together in praise and worship. Candace, there you are is going to lead us uh, in, in our, our 
worship team is going to do uh, minister to you tonight. And you're going to minister to God. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful time in the presence of God. And I really believe, and I want you to come tonight expecting, expecting things to happen, expecting miracles, expecting signs and wonders, expecting a, a, a new and great experience in the presence of God. Amen? Amen? Father, I thank you now for your blessing on your people. Lord, they are truly blessed because Jesus Christ came to bless them. And Lord, I thank you that by what he did, you made the blessing irreversible. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, that, that through him, everything that pertains to life and godliness has come into our lives. And Father, I thank you, God, as your people go forth, that they go in victory, that they go, Lord, with your word on their mouths. Hallelujah. Lord, that the, the, the mission, the great commission of going and telling, Lord, would burn in our hearts, Lord, and our feet would take us to places, and your message would be uttered from our lips, Lord, to those who need to hear about a Savior who loves them, who died for their sins, hallelujah, and that they, uh, He makes all things new. Bless your people now, Father. I thank you for prospering them this year, Lord, that this truly would be a breakthrough year in the name of Jesus, that every step that they take, God, would lead them into a greater thing, a greater reality of your grace, a greater understanding of your, of your peace and your knowledge and your joy and your wisdom. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that you've empowered them. Hallelujah. And I thank you that no evil shall befall them, no plague shall come near their dwelling. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. And as we go forth from here, God, I thank you that you're with us. God is on their side and nothing Nothing shall defeat them in Jesus' name. We give you praise. Amen. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.